Welcome back to the Real Spill Podcast. This is your host, Don. This is episode four. This week, we got a lot of great topics. Stick around, and thank you guys for listening, as always. All right, so after Duke's women's basketball team beat the Pittsburgh uh, team 53-44 to on this Thursday, their head coach, Kara Lawson, came out and stated that during the first half of a loss to Florida State that was the previous Sunday, they played the first half with a um, NCAA men's basketball. Um, it may sound like a big deal. It may not seem like it affected the game too much. Um, but it really did. Her team had a pretty bad first half in shooting. Um, they ended up going 7 for 34 from the field in the first half. They ended up being 20, uh, 12 of 38 in the second half. They just overall didn't have, obviously, a great game. They ended up, again, losing 70 to 57. But this is a pretty big deal with the um, men's ball being two ounces bigger and also one inch uh, bigger as well. So it may not seem like a big deal, but if they've been practicing and playing their entire lives, their entire career, this kind of mistake really shouldn't happen on an NCAA setting. Um, it shouldn't happen in D1 especially. Um, she really came out. She was very upset about it. Um, she said it would never happen in a men's game. And to be honest with you, she's right. Um, I've never seen that kind of mistake ever, ever happen in a men's game. It's a surprising to me, at least, that the women didn't notice that the, game, uh, the ball was different. Um, but at the same time, that's not their job. It's the referee's job. It's the NCAA's job. They're playing in one of the biggest conferences in the country, the ACC. Um, so very sad to see that. Um, I hope it doesn't happen again. I mean, she ended up just kind of saying that it could affect the seeding at the end of the year. It could affect um, winning a championship at the end of the year. It could affect where they rank at the end of the year. Just dumb things like that. If they had had a better first half, they uh, logically should have also had a better second half. It's obviously no guarantee. Um, but again, her team was 7 for 34 in the first half. Um, a pretty bad game. A really bad game. Um, they say that the players were complaining about the ball, but I, I can't really take a side on that i mean if they're complaining about the ball in my opinion the referees though definitely should have stopped the game i don't see why they wouldn't um this is just kind of feeding into that like myth of games being rigged and games being um thrown um because this is a very interesting story here so um so hybe america has entered into agreement to merge and acquire quality control um as well as qc media holdings incorporated is the official name of the business um, entity, the Atlanta-based entertainment company, again, that covers Little Baby, Little Yachty, City Girls, Migos, amongst a lot of other artists and new up-and-coming artists as well. Um, this also includes their sports, film, and their television, founded by um, QCP, um, who is no also known as Pierre Thomas, and their chief operating officer, Coach K, who is Kevin Lee, um, a legendary uh, voice in hip-hop as well for many, many years, um, up into the late, late 90s, so... Uh, the deal valued at $320 million includes stock and cash, um, was led by the Hive America CEO, Scooter Braun, whose relationship with Coach and P, um, as Lee and Thomas, are known, um, goes back to the early 2000s when Braun was living in Atlanta. So he's essentially creating a music powerhouse over there at Hive America. Um, it's his first deal since he became the CEO of Hive America earlier this year. They are South Korean entertainment um, leaders, U.S. portfolio includes SB Project, which is the management home to Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Kid Leroy, and the Migos member Quavo, um, amongst others as well. Um, Big Machine Label Group is something they also acquired, which um, rosters include Tim McGraw, Thomas Rhett, and Rascal Flatts, as well as Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominee Sheryl Crow. Hybe's current music uh, market cap stands at $6.6 billion. So that $320 million that they got paid, um, some cash, some stock, is a really, really big deal because that $6.6 million essentially is a long-term investment. It's just going to continue to grow. Um, Scooter Braun is a musical powerhouse. We know who he is, and we know what he represents musically. Um, he, may, he gets shit done. 
he buys a lot of things and he controls a lot of things um honestly in the hollywood space and just musical space in general um definitely someone i love to have on the show at some point to interview he's amazing um really big fan of scooter braun always have been um even throughout his fallout with people like taylor swift as well so um shout out to p and coach k um they got the bag they still have control and they're going to continue to sign artists and things like that we're going to see more movies more content a lot of things out of them Michael Jackson's estate is nearing a music catalog sale of 800 to 900 million dollars. This is an exclusive for Variety magazine. Um, so 50% at 809 800 to 900 million dollars is really insane to think about. Um, this is all of his musical interests. So this is going to be his publishing as well as his master recordings, um, as well as a musical Broadway show and an upcoming biopic, Michael, and possibly more assets. So we really still don't understand and know just how much Michael Jackson owned at the time of his death. But to say that 800 to 900 million dollars is only half of that. It's really insane. No other musical artist that you can possibly think of has more money than that, has more assets than that, and has really still to this day more value than Michael Jackson, the biggest artist to ever live. That's really just undebatable at this point. So um, shout out to his family. They're obviously getting a huge bag and a huge portion of this. Um, he owned just so much when he died, like I said. So shout out to him. Uh, rest in peace to Michael Jackson, one of my favorite artists of all time. That's my face, first favorite artist. Um, the first song I ever memorized was uh, Black and White by Michael Jackson, funny enough. So um, really, really sad when he died. Um, a great, 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 great artist. No one can compare to Michael Jackson, obviously. And this kind of goes to just show that um, 800 to 900 million for 50% is absolutely insane. When the biggest deal that we've honestly seen recently is probably in the two $300 million range for living artists in that's their entire catalog, not just half. So Michael Jackson is the biggest, was the biggest, and always will be the biggest artist of all time. All right, moving on to the Grammys. The Grammys were on last Sunday, a really good event. I didn't really watch it in full. I only really cared about Jay-Z's performance at the end, to be completely honest. Um, I was kind of keeping a, along with who was winning here and there, but didn't really have a lot of care in the Grammys. I really never do. It's not an event that's typically for the music that I care for. Um, but Beyonce was a big winner. Um, she ended up winning, I believe, four total awards. She lost a few that a lot of people obviously believe that she should have won. So we'll just kind of go over a few of the winners here. So for record of the year, um, Lizzo won with About Damn Time. You can't go a day without hearing that song if you're outside at all or even if you're inside. So um, I totally understand that. Really great song, um, really up-tempo song. Lizzo makes great music. Um, she has a lot of kind of like wild antics sometimes off of not off the court, um, but out of outside of music. But shout out to Lizzo, great music maker, great talent. Um, shout out to her label as well. So about then time, one record of the year. Album of the year, which is where the controversy really was, was Harry's House um, by Harry Styles. A lot of people felt that that should be um, Beyonce with Renaissance. Um, I'm one of those people as well, to be completely honest with you. Best rap song went to Kendrick Lamar for The Heart Part 5. Best Rap Album went to Kendrick Lamar as well for Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Two big wins for him. Very much deserving. I would love to see uh, Feature honestly win that as well. God Did by DJ Calvin was all, Khaled, I apologize, was also very much deserving. Um, then there was Jack Harlow and Pusha T in that section as well. Entering the night, Beyonce and Jay-Z were tied for number one all-time in nominations with 88 total, which is a really crazy accomplishment. With her four out of nine wins, Beyonce did go ahead and break the record of 32 overall awards. So she is the number one most winning Grammy artist of all time. Um, she now holds that record um, by an individual at least. So congratulations to Beyonce for that. So also to close the night, like I said, the reason I really cared about the Grammys was Jay-Z was performing God Did. 
um, with uh, Rick Ross, Lil Wayne, and DJ Khaled, of course. Had the entire table set out, plenty of food set in front of them, all black uh, ensemble for every rapper and performer on the stage. Just a beautiful performance. It honestly might be one of the very last times we ever see Jay-Z, obviously, at the Grammys. Um, they don't really come too often. It is always said that they only come when they win. Um, which makes a ton of sense, honestly. They don't do a lot of social events if they're not obviously receiving awards or presenting awards. Beyonce did present, but she did not perform. That would have been really cool as well. Um, but like I said, to close out the performance of the night was Jay-Z performing his two-and-a-half, three-minute verse on God Did. Definitely one of the best verses of 2022. Um, so really cool to see that. Like I said, one of the last times that we'll probably ever, ever see the Carters, uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z at the Grammys. Unless, obviously, uh, their kids get into music or something of that nature. Or some kind of lifetime achievement more, which they're definitely deserving of. This is definitely one of the last times we'll ever see them at the Grammys. So really dope to see. Really dope performance. Really good execution by DJ Khaled. Really good presentation by the Grammys as a whole. Next, we have the 2023 NBA trade deadline. Um, it was pretty quiet for a while. Kyrie Irving last Thursday requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets after um, going back and forth with the team and management about a contract extension. He's been playing his ass off this year, having an incredible year, um, an all-star starter. Um, so what was happening with the negotiations was that they were tying a deal and an extension to them winning a championship this year, which is certainly unfair and not really logical. Um, but he ended up requesting a trade after that. He walked away from the table and said he wouldn't play again for them. He ended up not playing a few nights later. They said he had a knee injury, but we obviously know he was getting traded. Um, so when that kind of went down, I thought he might go to the Lakers. LeBron wanted him. LeBron came out and said it in so many words that he wanted him. He came out afterwards when he didn't get him and said he was disappointed in it. Um, but Kyrie Irving ended up being traded to the Dallas Mavericks, which is pretty crazy. Definitely unexpected. Um, that kind of opened up a whirlwind of events in the NBA, which was definitely not expected. So a few days later, um, it was about 1.30 on Friday night. Uh, Kevin Durant ended up actually getting traded to the Phoenix Suns, which changed the entire landscape of the NBA. This is my favorite player in the league. Um, my second favorite player or third favorite player behind Jason Tatum probably is Devin Booker as well. So two of my three favorite players are now playing on the same team. They have Chris Paul. Um, they were able to keep their entire team together, essentially. They ended up trading him for Mikel Bridges and Cameron Johnson. And then a 2023 first-round pick. Um, which is unprotected, a 2025 first-round pick, unprotected, a 2027 first-round pick, unprotected, and a 2029 first-round pick, unprotected. Um, they also have the right to swap first-round picks with the uh, Suns in 2028, and then also the Bucks 2028 second-round pick, and then the Bucks 2029 second-round pick that the Nets also had as well. Um, then the draft rights um, to Juan Pablo Vallette, so who's from the Pacers, and he's yet to come over to the NBA yet. Um, so, again, a pretty big deal, pretty big trade, a huge trade. Um, like I said, one of the two, three best players, in my personal opinion, in the entire NBA gets traded midseason. It's crazy. You don't really see that happen anymore. Um, but even after Kevin Durant, even after Kevin Durant, there still was just a whirlwind of events. So next, the Bucks acquired Jay Crowder. It's a pretty big move. He got away from um, the Suns. Of course, he hadn't really played there at, at all this year. He had some kind of disagreement with upper management. They have a new ownership and everything there, but still never played for the team. Um, that's pretty unfortunate. Jay Crowder is definitely a good role player, really, really good role player. Um, the Pacers acquired back George Hill, which is kind of a feel-good story. That's pretty cool. They also got Serge Ibaka in a deal with the Bucks. Um, the Lakers. So the Lakers were able to pull off some deals. So um, about a week prior, they obviously had made the deal that they made, but they also required um, on draft day, on not draft day, but on uh, trade day, was D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderville. 
pretty interesting story with Leasley um, being on the same uh, team now as Scottie Pippen Jr., whose mom he used to date, kind of oddly and funny enough. Uh, the Timberwolves also acquired Mike Conley. Um, so pretty good move, uh, move for the Timberwolves after getting rid of D'Lo. Honestly, D'Lo and uh, Mike Conley are essentially, in my personal opinion, like the same exact player. Mike Conley being a little bit more um, older and maybe he makes less mistakes. So that could be very good for the Timberwolves. I hope that they can get to the playoffs. Um, really big Anthony Edwards fan, so I'd love to see him in the playoffs. The Jazz acquired Russell Westbrook from the um, Los Angeles Lakers. So the Westbrook, Anthony Davis, LeBron, James era is completely over. It's finally done. Um, the Jazz have plenty of money, plenty of picks to throw at people. Um, so they can pretty much essentially make any move they want right now. It's said that he's going to be bought out. They also require Damian Jones and Juan Toscano-Anderson um, with this trade. And the Lakers 2027 uh, first-round pick, top four protected. So Lakers did get rid of one of those first-round uh, first picks that they had since they have two of them. I think they have one in 2029 still as well. Um, the Clippers acquired Bones Highland, which is a pretty big move. I'm a really big Bones Highland guy. I think he's super, super athletic. I kind of compare him to Dennis Smith Jr., um, he can shoot, he can jump out of the gym. Um, he doesn't make too dumb of plays. I think that's kind of the reason they were kind of into it with, um, the Nuggets, him and Bone, um, Bones Island and the Nuggets. They were having some disagreements about some of his play. Um, I think he's a great player. He's young. He has a super high upside. So I'm looking forward to see his future. Uh, Mo Bamba also got, uh, acquired by the Lakers. That's a pretty good move for them as well as Devon Reed. Um, the Magic required Patrick Beverly in a trade as well. Um, he has been bought out already, so he's going to be heading to free agency. A lot of teams are interested in him. I personally see him going back to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, the Clippers acquired Eric Gordon. Pretty decent move. Um, I'm not really a big Eric Gordon guy. I didn't really like what he was saying about the young Houston team as well, um, how there's no improvement on this year. So I think it's a little bit ironic that he ended up getting traded from Houston um, a few weeks or a few months after he said that. Um, even the more ironic, though, is John Wall ended up being traded from the Clippers back to the Houston Rockers, and he had went on a podcast earlier this year and saying how terrible his experience in Houston was from beginning to end. Um, so a little bit more ironic there that he's getting traded back there as well. The Grizzlies acquired Luke Kennard. That was really their only move they made um, during the trade uh, deadline, so that's a pretty good move for them. It's said that they were looking at OG um, from Toronto as well, and they offered four first-round picks, but the Toronto Raptors wanted a... A uh, solid role player back as well, and they didn't really have that to give or weren't willing to give it. Um, like I said, the Rockets did require back John Wall. They also got Danny Green, two players that they're more than likely going to end up buying out. So those players are also going to hit free agency. That's pretty dope to see um, where they're going. So there's really there's a trade deadline, then there's the free agency that kind of follows with that because a lot of teams are just trying to save cap space. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for those players at this point in their careers and this this point in the season for these uh, teams, mostly young. Everybody's trying to get uh, the first round, the first overall pick next year as well for the draft. Everyone doesn't have a chance, but everyone's trying. Um, so there's going to be a lot of tanking in these last 32 games as well. So a lot of these veteran players are going to end up getting bought out and moved around, and they're going to end up helping some championship qualified teams. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see over the next week or two, especially after the All Star break, what ends up happening with that as well. Uh, the Trailblazers also required, um, acquired Matisse Thibel, which is a really, really good pickup. Cam Reddish, I'm a really big Cam Reddish guy. Loved him from Duke, loved him in high school. One of my favorite players. An absolute hooper. A lot of, he just doesn't get the chance. He never got the chance with the Knicks, never got the chance with the Hawks. Um, I really don't understand why. I don't understand why they brought him in if they weren't going to play him, but he's going to get his chance in, um, in Portland out there with Dame. 
Dame, I still think Dame should leave next year. I think Dame should request a trade after the offseason. I think a lot of people feel that way. Uh, he's just he's too good to be in Portland on an okay team. Um, they have a lot of good pieces, but they never – they're not qualified for a championship this year. Uh, there's no way they're going to – they think that they're going to be up there in the final five or six teams left. It's just not going to happen realistically, um, in my opinion. I mean, he would have to score 60 a game, which – I'm sure he could do for a little while, but that's only going to be sustained for so long, to be completely honest. So I think Dame should honestly leave, but he does have a decent team around him. We'll see. We'll see what the summer brings. I still see him in L.A. or somewhere in the Bay at some point, personally. Maybe a Dre, maybe a Draymond and Clay trade for Dame with some picks thrown in. You know, I'm just throwing things out there. But um, also, the Hawks acquired Sadiq Bay, Pretty good pickup for them. Pistons... Um, did acquire James Wiseman, so the number two overall pick essentially was traded um, for uh, a bunch of picks, which ended up being traded then to the Portland Trail Blazers for Gary Payton II, so he's coming on back home to the Bay. Uh, the Clippers um, let go of Reggie Jackson, again, picked up Mason uh, Plumley. That was a pretty good move. The Pelicans got Josh Richardson. The Spurs acquired Devontae Graham. And the Thunder acquired Justin Jackson, who is a really, really decent player. I, I like his game. I don't know if he'll be there too long. I think these are all expiring contracts, honestly, for the most part. Not a lot of big splashes were made there. The Thunder acquired Dario Sarjic, Sark. I can't never say his name. Sarjic, Sark. Um, but he was acquired from the Suns um, and the 2029 second round draft pick as well. John Collins ended up staying put. OG Anobi um, also ended up staying put. Fran Vliet. Fred Van Vliet, as well as Garen Trent Jr. Um, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich also stayed put with the Pistons. Kyle Lowry and Dunkey Robinson stayed put with the Heat. Um, Alex Russo and Kobe White stayed with the Bulls. Christian Wood with the Mavericks. Karis LeVert with the Cavs. Um, so a lot of those players ended up wanting to be traded um, at this point because they've been in trade rumors all season. Uh, but they ended up not being traded. So that's very interesting that they stayed I think a lot of teams just kind of realize where they're at in the season. Like I said, we're 50 games into the season. There's not a lot that's going to change if it's not really a splashy, splashy move. So really the only thing that's going to move the pulse, in my personal opinion, um, on the league is going to be Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So that they're the four and the five seed right now. That rematch for the playoffs from last year will be very, very interesting. Kyrie came out and said that he was happy for his brother um, Kevin Durant and happy that he got out of Brooklyn which was just another shot at Brooklyn, which I kind of understand based on how the contract was presented to him. Um, so that'd be really interesting to see in the playoffs. I think really at the end of the day, those are the two teams affected the most, being the Mavericks um, and the Suns. And then I think lastly, honestly, the Nets. The Nets still have a good team. They have a really good defensive team. They have Cam Thomas. They have Cam Johnson. They have Spencer Dinwiddie. They have a lot of really, really good players on their team. Um, as Spencer Dinwiddie was part of the Kyrie trade, of course. Um, so I, th I think it's a pretty good uh, team that they have left. Um, they do <laughs> also have Ben Simmons for whatever that's worth. Um, and in people's mind, he's injured right now. Who knows if he'll come back this season. Honestly, I think they tried to trade him as well. They said that there wasn't much interest around the league for him, which isn't surprising. He's missed more games than he's played. More drama than he honestly could be worth at this point. Stats are bad. They're not bad, but they're not Ben Simmons. They're not all NBA. They're not all defensive team as he was his first few years in the league. So 
Very interested to see what happens with him in the offseason as well. But as of right now, he is staying put as well with the Brooklyn Nets. A special congratulations to LeBron James. He's now the NBA's all-time leading scorer with 38,390 points, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar by two points. Um, He did this the other night against the Oklahoma City Thunder. It was really cool to see. Everybody was watching. Everyone was in attendance from Kareem himself. Um, The commissioner was there, Denzel Washington, Jay-Z, Floyd Mayweather, all of his family and friends, thousands and thousands of people, obviously. The tickets were going crazy. Everyone kind of figured that this may be the game to do it. Um, The very next game, he ended up not playing, um, just kind of a load management situation against the Bucks, which were Kareem's uh, first team that he was actually on. So that would have been kind of cool to see as well. But um, he did it in L.A. against the Thunder. Uh, He ended up with 38 points, like I said, in 34 minutes. They did end up losing that game, unfortunately. Uh, The Lakers are still struggling, um, have kind of been a struggle team this year, but they made a lot of trades, like I said, the next day, so um, the next few days. So a lot of trades at the trade deadline for LeBron's team, so hopefully they can squeak into the playoffs. But again, congratulations to LeBron James, one of the three, four, five, whatever you want to say, best players of all time, certainly the best player of this generation, the face of the league. Uh, the expectations that he came into the league with. I've been watching him since he was about 16 or 17 playing basketball in 2001, 2002. Um, I, I remember having DVDs of him playing basketball when I was just in elementary and damn near not even elementary school at that point. Um, so it, literally my entire life, LeBron James has been the epicenter of the NBA, the epicenter of basketball, an elite player, one of the best passers, one of the best scorers, obviously at this point um, that we've ever seen. So congratulations to LeBron. Excited to see what he does for the rest of his career. I hope he gets to achieve more milestones, such as playing with his sons. Not just one of them, honestly. I think it'd be cool to play with both. We'll see what the rules and how Bryce's high school and college career obviously go as well. Um, as Bronny is going to be heading to college or either um, somewhere in like the NBA D League, G League, I should say, um, next year to get that one year before he's draft eligible. So we'll see on that. But again, congratulations to LeBron James, the NBA's all-time leading scorer. All right, last but certainly not least, we have the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs taking part in Super Bowl 57 this Sunday, February 12th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The Kansas City Chiefs enter the game as one-and-a-half favorites, according to Caesar Sportsbook. Um, So it seems like neither team really has the edge. It's going to be a very interesting game. I personally believe these two teams are pretty evenly matched. I like Jalen Hurts, um, but I love Patrick Mahomes. So I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles, as I've kind of insinuated over the last few weeks. My score prediction for this game is 37-31, to 31, and again, the favor of the Chiefs. Um, Rihanna will also be performing at the halftime show this year. She said this that her performance is going to be a 13-minute celebration of her career, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and any special guests that she may possibly bring out, she probably won't, but if she does, that'd be pretty cool. Rihanna hasn't performed in a few years, and even a lot of players have came out over the last few weeks and asked if it'd be okay if they are able to actually watch the halftime show. Halftime show is about 30 minutes. They perform for 13 their team meetings usually around 8 to 10 minutes, so a lot of them will probably get a chance to actually watch her. So that would be pretty cool. We haven't had a star, honestly, that big since Beyonce performed um, probably five or six years ago when it was the 49ers and the Ravens. Um, a little bit more than five years ago, actually. Um, but in, the lights went off in the second half, so that was a pretty interesting thing. So maybe we have a power outage um, in Phoenix, Arizona this year as well. But again, I have the Chiefs defeating the Philadelphia Eagles in Super Bowl 57, 37-31. I have Patrick Mahomes winning the MVP of the game as he won the MVP of the league. He was two uh, votes short of being unanimous. We're just going to call that unanimous because there's always a few haters out there in the voting poll. Um, But Patrick Mahomes, the MVP of our league, is also going to be the MVP of the Super Bowl, in my personal opinion. 
So shout out to him for that. Shout out to the Chiefs. Hopefully I get to come to you guys next week and be right. I wasn't right on any of my championship round picks, so hopefully I'm right in the Super Bowl. I truly don't care either way. I just hope for a good game. I hope everyone stays healthy the entire game as well because I hate to see playoff injuries, but I especially hate to see Super Bowl injuries. We obviously had a few last year, and those were just terrible. So, again, I have the Chiefs beating the Philadelphia Eagles 37-31. That is my Super Bowl prediction. All right, everybody, that's it for Episode 4 of the Real Spill Podcast. I am your host, Don. I appreciate everyone for listening. Please feel free, again, as always, to like, comment, subscribe, and share wherever you get your podcasts.